With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What was the score now? 4-1. Hello and welcome back to the Liverpool Groove. I want to start with an apology that we're back on Zoom. Um, it's not what either of us wanted, but I am incapacitated at the minute. Um, I've fucked my foot up. I can't drive. I can't get to Jay's. So we're back on Zoom. Should only be for this episode, but yeah, want to start with that. But anyway, the Reds are flying. Um, despite all the injuries, so many injuries, um, just we're going well in in some of the games anyway, in some part of the game. Um, let's let's talk about last night. So um, Luton 4-1 in the end. Um, it was another one of them games. We've said it time and time again this season. It, it seems to be the, the pattern of the season. You know, we're not very good in the first half and then we come out second half and we, we blow them away and that was exactly what happened last night. I thought first half was awful. Um, credit to Luton, in fairness, they, they executed the game plan very well first half. They got the goal um, and then limited us to, you know, hitting hope shots from outside the box. Didn't give us anything really. Um, like I say, executed the game plan very well. First half, you've got to give them a lot of credit. But from a, from our point of view, it was just a very poor first half. Yeah, I'd like. Um, I don't think it's been as bad. There was people saying it's the worst they've seen us play. I disagree. I thought we were, for the first fifteen minutes we were in control of it. We had a game plan which was to, to go long. We had that long ball and get in behind because we knew they were going to be open. We know they they sort of don't respect you, they go at you, they put you under pressure and they pressure and they, they're quite open for a, for a team in a relegation battle. They're, they're literally quite open. They play like mm. a, a top six team. They play lovely football. Um, and we, we exposed it a few times early. And if, if Diaz is on his game there, you tune it up in the first 10 minutes. Yeah. Well, if that works, then they go to shit and it could be a different game from the off, but it never worked out that way. So I think our game plan once it didn't work the first few times and they come to terms with it and they, they tightened up a little bit, they sort of changed a little bit where they, they come in and they were a little bit fucking deeper. We, we carried on playing that long ball and that's where they, they were getting the possession back and then they were attacking us. But yeah, you've got to give credit to them. I was stood there because of the atmosphere, because of their white kits, because of the football they were playing. And at that time, we were on the back foot. It was like we were playing at a fucking top Champions League side at times, with you know, because of the atmosphere and because of the like the hostility and just uh, you just wanted to roll all game. Mm. That big big game feel about it. You'd swear we were, we were sat stood in front of fucking Real Madrid or someone. <laughs> um, credit to, to Luton. Like I've had arguments with Evertonian saying that they're a better side than than Luton. Not a fucking chance. Not they no. might they might have better individual players. I don't think they do myself, but uh, they're not. Luton are, are actually 
a really nice footy team to watch. They entertain. We had this discussion last week, didn't we, about teams in relegation battles who uh, maybe should play like Everton, go like a Burnley, go defensive, go miserable, make your fans hate go the match, but pick up a point here and there. Luton aren't. Luton are playing attack and football, but that's why they're still in with a shout of getting out of it. So yeah. They're actually better than some of the teams they're playing. They're playing better football. And yeah, I actually felt like clapping them off at half time, as frustrated as I was. I was in the mind of if they beat us, ever to gone down. Yeah, <laughs> 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 so, uh, I was just I I I couldn't not I thought our performance was a bit we never done much after the first 10-15 minutes where we had them chances. Thought Diaz was killing us. Hmm. Diaz was absolutely killing us. I wanted him to come off at half time for Andy Robbo. Someone who would just go up the wing and get the ball in the box. He just done nothing. And what he did do was fucking miss chances. Mm. But yeah, it was all too I think it was all too obvious for a lot of the first half. Like you knew every time someone got the ball, they were gonna just take a shot, even though there was six or seven players in front of them. It was just Luton knew exactly what we were doing and we were playing into their hands the whole well not for the whole first half but for the majority of the first half and any half chance we were getting was from them trying to play out it was through their mistakes it's kind of what normally happens to us you know a lot of chances teams get against us is through our own mistakes um, and that's what was happening with, with Luton it was just yeah it definitely wasn't the worst we played fair in uh, at all this season I think you know there's definitely been much worse performances I just think I don't know you get it in your head that because it's Luton, you should be putting five or six past them quite easily. And they, you know, again, credit to them, they didn't let us do that. And I think that's that's where I suppose being Liverpool kind of clouds your judgment a bit sometimes with, with teams like that. You do expect it and it's a bit naive of, of some fans. And I think that's why people are overreacting to the first half. I think it was a bad first half, don't get me wrong, but it that, like you say, definitely wasn't the worst half we've had. I, I didn't go there expecting to blow them away with the injuries. I thought and I thought we were going to be a bit reserved because of the cup final coming up. The players we've got available, we need to try and keep available. So I was I was looking. I thought it was going to be an edgy, you know, fucking try and get a one nil, try and keep them away from our box and stop them scoring. Because look at the team, we didn't have our first team out. At the end of the day, but yeah, I thought it was more. It was more like the Man United game. Whereas we started, we started like a house on fire. We went through two or three times in the first 10, 15 minutes. We looked good. We missed the chances. And then they had time to adapt to the situation, to the atmosphere. They nullified the crowd in the first half a little bit. It started off brilliant. You never walk alone. One of the best of the season. The flags, the banners, the red in the crowd was just better than it's been. <clears throat> Everyone was up for it. You know, you had people merging on the cop where some... Certain games, if you want to stand in your own space, you want don't want to be fucking suffocated. But we were just in groups together, you know, mates standing with mates, and you're seeing little empty patches where mates had fucked off to be with their own mates. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, you know, I had a foreign lad next to me from Iceland who was just like a banshee, <laughs> just screaming. He had in by the just screaming, just loving it, making noise, and that's what it was just brilliant. The atmosphere. And they nullified it for a bit the first half. They, they made us believe the conversation at our time was, where's the goal coming from? The mm. chances we've created, we've missed. And they're not going to let us get in like that again now. They're going to sit in deep. The 1-0 up, 
even if you know if they can absorb the pressure for 45 minutes how are we getting in behind like that again I think the, the system from us was not like us Kelleher over the top to Diaz twice you know Mm. Worked, worked twice perfectly perfect pass from Kelleher twice and then we kept trying to do it and kept trying to force it and that played into their hands but again credit to Luton because they did absorb the pressure after the 15 minutes and took the game to us and I think they had two or three chances a bit like the Fulham game and you're expecting them to score them mm. yeah no it, it was yeah like I say just I think credit I think credit should go to Luton rather than looking at sort of the negatives from our point of view because, like you say, that first chance in the first half, um, at the very beginning, Diaz goes through and forgets to take the ball with him. If he controls that better, he scores more than likely. And I think he had another one like two minutes after that. So, like you say, you you tune you could be two 0 up there within five minutes. So, it's just one of them. And and like I say, credit to Luton. Um, you put on Twitter that not getting the penalty in the second half was probably the best thing to happen in that game because it woke the crowd up and like after that was one of the best atmospheres I can remember in, in the last few seasons to be honest yeah it, it was there was a few situations in the first half we were discussing it on the cop where like a player's being dragged down he hasn't given a foul and then three seconds later a different player's being dragged down for the opposite team and it's a foul mm. and it, like that all game even for us there was one where in the second half, a player got pushed to the ground off a throw-in, not given. And then five seconds later, the ball's bounced in the air. Being pushed to the ground, he's given the free kick. And he's just like, it just there's no consistency whatsoever with them. It's no. foot, it, pathetic. Once that hand ball wasn't given, I haven't seen it back. I've seen it from row 56 of the cop, and I would bet me fucking house and my life it was a penalty. His arm's in the air, and it's hit him. Don't care how close he is. Diaz's shot and it's been shaved by an hand. It was a weird one because his, his arm, his arm was behind him, um, like in the air though. No, it wasn't in the air. It was, it was, it was out, but it wasn't in the air. Um, but it's like it's sort of as he's been on the turn, if you like. Um, and so his arm is sort of just. It, I don't know. I can. I I think it was a. I think it was a penalty. But I can kind of understand why they haven't given it at the same time. Um, From in my, my head, what I see was the player saved the ball. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know what? It's going in, and yeah. that was obviously you seen the reaction from everyone in the crowd mm. when it went to VAR. There was no sweat. There was no. The, the only problem was it's us. So my thought was, if there's a reason why they can't give this, they're not giving it. Mm. We know they're not giving it. If they can, if there's a way around it, they're not giving it. Mm. They never, we got the corner and the fucking roof come off the ground and there was people stamping the feet. The, I was leaning against the the metal barrier and mm. that was vibrating and shaking. It felt nice to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> that was shaking against me and it was just the fucking old, the ground, the main stand everywhere was just out the sheets. Yeah. The, the roar for that corner and then what carried on after it was just like a sea of emotion there was times in the ground where I was nearly crying yeah. it was just sort of by that game it was big it was a big big win big game big emotion seeing it from Klopp at the end but yeah there was something about it that felt big and yeah. 
I, I don't know whether that's credit to Luton. I don't know whether that's because of the situation, the injuries, seeing the team before it. Graven Birch hasn't been playing well. Diaz, I don't think, has been playing well. No Nunes, no Jota. Harvey Elliott hasn't been starting. Gaffo, I, I like, think it's a mixture of all of that, to be honest, lad. <laughs> like everything. You've seen the team before it, and I wasn't confident going into the game. I was like, Do you know, if they get through it, fair play, because it's not our team. We didn't have an outlet. Diaz isn't going to run in behind. Harvey Elliott isn't going to run in behind. Gakpo's not going to run in behind. They're all two feet players. Mm. And none of the midfielders are overlappers. <laughs> if you had a shopper slide in there, you'd think, yeah, maybe pass it into Gakpo and he's going to run in behind. There was none of it. It was going to be a static, tough game of football. Mm. And that's how it was for the first half. And, yeah. for the bit of- and then that picked us up. And the lad next to me, Jamie, who... Fucking, he's, he's, he's fucking mad. Being to my land with him, being away with him, he, he just gets bladdered and he's just in your ear. But he's fucking bosh. And he went to me at half time. It'll be all right, lad. It'll be all right. What'll happen is they'll all go down, they'll have a pint or two, and they'll come back. The crowds will be better, the players will be better. And we'll fucking win 3 1 because I've got a bet on. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, I'll tell you now, at 3 1, right, he's got his phone out. No word of a lie. He's got his phone out at 3 1. His bet was for 110. His cash out is 76 quid. Yeah. The ball has dropped in the box. He's pressed cash out. Avi Elliott at the top corner. Swear <laughs> down, lad. I don't know. It usually gets suspended in a situation like that. Yeah. He's pressed cash out, lad. And before the ball had even been fucking kicked off again, he was whipped it on money in case they took it back off. <laughs> Madness. Um, now, you know what? I think it's just we've, yeah, you see the difference with the with the attacking lineup and things, you know, like you say, Harvey Elliott, Cody Gakpo, the, the, you know, they want the ball to feet and you see the, the difference and it wasn't working first half. Like, we're missing the, just the speed and just the attacking intent of uh, Nunes and, and Salah. Um, you know, Harvey Elliott, He's not the quickest player in the world, is he? He's not going to beat a man for pace. Cody Gapo probably isn't going to beat many, many players for pace. It's, so we had to be smarter about it. And I think I think part of us, we were still trying to play a little bit like we still had Nunes or Salah to get on the end of passes and stuff like that. But I think just even some of the final balls in the first half, like Harvey Elliott put a few really, you know, overplayed a lot of passes in the first half and things like that, really out of character for him because he's normally so... So assured that his passing just is spot on with it most of the time. Um, yeah, it's just it's one of them. These halves happen, don't they? I I think that was like a, a wavelength thing where they were on different paths. Diaz, I I'll be honest with you, I wanted them off at half time. Yeah, I, so I did I. See him ever again. He he knocked me sick. He was horrendous. He didn't want it. He didn't look like he wants to be on the ball. And obviously, it's different when you're one nil down and it's dramatic as fuck. Because you, you want you want to win, so you're thinking, what can we do? Diaz, when he should have been making them runs inside, he was running outside. He was running to the wall, the corner flag. He was mm. getting the ball. He was beating a man, and then he was cutting back. You know, like, just fucking drive towards goal, lad. Just do what you're good at. But I think with Harvey Elliott's passing, it was wavelengths. Harvey Elliott seen the gap towards the box, put the ball in there, and Diaz has run round the outside of the defender instead of a crossing into mm. the into the path. So many times, like, because you're that in the cop way, I up. You know, when you see the analysis, 
and you see where they zone it out with squares. Mm. Like across the pitch, they'll put like four squares for the gaps where players can run into. You can sort of imagine it. And the far, the right hand side by the, the right hand side of the box and the left hand side of the box, their system would have allowed us to get in there so many times and we just didn't go for it. And when we tried, the players who were meant to be overlapping and running into them areas were running the wrong direction. It was weird. It was it was a, it was just bad in the sense of like the wavelengths the players were on, they weren't they weren't on the same one. Mm. And then obviously they've gone in at half time and as Jamie said, Klopp will sell them off. Klopp will tell which ones are doing shit, which ones are better. I think every single player in the first half an hour of the second half improved Baron Diaz. He didn't do nothing. And then he the last 10, 15, he started getting involved then. Yeah. Since um, 20, the last 20 minutes, he started looking like Diaz, where he was skinning players again, going going past people, looked hmm. assured on the ball, looked like he knew where he was heading. There's times where he doesn't look like he knows what to do and he's got the ball with his feet. And he just plays it safe. But yeah, I think first half aside now, second half, Liverpool. Yeah, well let let's let's sort of talk about the goals a bit then. So um obviously Van Dyke got the equalizer, um had to shrug off two or three players just to to win the ball. And I think that's where the crowd sort of comes into it. I think he's obviously you know, they've heard the roar of the crowd, and he's in other in other circumstances like that. He might have got stopped going for the ball by the two or three players that are on him, but he's like, he's just kind of gone, "Get the fuck off me! <laughs> yes. This is my oh, ball!" And that, great header. That's the only goal I've seen on the highlights. Um, the determination from him to be there. He, he is literally. He is telling them, "Get the fuck off me now! This is mm. my ball!" and as you say, I don't know whether that, that is because of the crowd or whatever, but there was something in there. There was something in there that last night that drove the players on. Mm. I, I put a post out saying Anfield won us the game. Anfield turned up, you know, and when it does, I don't think it, you can beat us. No. That, that goal Van Dyke scored was sheer determination. The, the ball in was absolutely perfect for him, but it it weren't like one of them where it lands on his head. He's had to get there. Mm. He's, he's made the move to get there and he's done it at such pace. He's like a fucking steam stain. All he had to do was hit it. And it was in. It was in. It was going to mm. be too powerful. Fucking great goal. No. At the top. And then, you know, here we go. Here you know, we go. You know what's dead funny about it, right? Is um <clears throat> like McAllister had been taking the majority of the corners throughout the game, haven't he? And he was like he was put. I thought he was putting too much height on them and, and not enough pace. And <laughs> sat there and I've gone to be half. I don't think. I don't think McCall should, should be taking our corners. You know, I don't think he's putting enough whip on them. And then literally fucking whips it in. That Van Dyke scores. Like I couldn't have timed it any <laughs> better or worse, whichever way you look at it. Um, <clears throat> but now I think until that one, he was just sort of lofting them in. He was just making sure he was getting enough sort of distance on it and enough height rather than actually whipping a dangerous fucking ball in and, and with that one he did and it and it paid off. So um yeah it was it was a great corner, it was a great header. And then, you know, minutes later, like seconds later almost, you know, quick throwing, volley across the box. And I think it's just kinda it gapo now to be you know what now I was gonna say it's just it but it hasn't. It's that's being disingenuous to him. Like he's he's cushioning that header very well considering the pace the ball's been hit in by McAllister. 
he's cushioned that header brilliantly. There's two ways to react to that. There's cover your fucking face and duck, or just lash your head on it, and he's mm-hmm. lashed his head on it. The ball across is just being swatted as hard as he can. And I say this all the time. If you're in that area, do that. Mm. Maybe not at that fucking height. <laughs> because <laughs> that's not going to happen often where a player risks his fucking head for it. But, yeah, when you're in that area, whack it as hard as you can across the goal and open it so and goes in. In this sense, it hasn't hit anyone and gone in. It's been edited into the fucking goal by Cody Gakpo, who, Jamie next to me, put on a shit list because he knew if he'd done that, he'd score. Fair so, enough. Again, like a fucking genie, this life. I know, yeah, <laughs> nice one, Jamie. Um, <clears throat> and then, obviously, the third one comes, my stream decided to, to go for the bet and at that point. Um, but the third goal, um, he, he, Diaz, he done what, he, what we'd all been crying out for him to do all game. He's, he's had a bit of composure, he's took his time, and it was, it was a great finish. But, you know, you look at the first half and he was, he was, snatching the chances he was shooting when he had like three players in front of him and, and things like that and that's why you get frustrated with him but then he goes and does what he does for the third goal and you're like yeah that that that's all we've been yeah. asking yeah absolutely um, but yeah that that goal he's got the ball in a position where he sort of stopped it and you're waiting for him to shoot because that's what he's been doing he's going to shoot into the body and it's going to go nowhere and then he fucking turns it around the defender and puts it in with the other foot Mm. Fucking great goal. Fantastic. Yeah, you know, and there's, again, I've slated him, thought he was horrendous yesterday, but he's he's come up with a goal. So, mm. I mean, I, I'm not one of these. I know there is, there is fucking fans who, like, won't celebrate if a player they've been knocking scores because they look at Swat. I'd rather look at Swat every day of the week. Yeah, same. I'm, I was made up, made up for him because I think goals lead to confidence. And so as, as the game was getting, getting on and we were looking stronger, and they, they were looking a little bit jaded and tired. He he came into it. He had the confidence to go past players, but he can do it from the off. He mm. just needs to believe in himself because he's, he's quality. Yeah. And then um, fourth goal, Harvey Elliott. 100th appearance for the club at, what, 20? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, great finish. Uh, great work by Jaden Dans before it. Uh, was unfortunate not to get on the end of it himself, but I think, I think in a few minutes that he had, he's shown that he's he's more than ready to be a part in some capacity of the first team. He's he's smashing it with the under twenty ones. He's got, I think, he's got twenty two, twenty three goals this season for them. Um, I think I read last night he's only not scored in one game or something for the under twenty ones this season. So give give the lad a chance, but he looks like he's he's a big lad as well. I didn't know he was that tall. Um, to be honest, oh, he looks awkward. He runs awkward. He runs like he's carrying a fucking awesome cart as well. But he's got no pace about him whatsoever. But he's a different dimension striker mm. that we have. Got. He's he's a like I don't know. He's he's like a gaspo, but like a bit dangly. Mm. No, I think he. I think he's but gonna. He's, he's be like a good he's player. in the box, isn't he? He's a yeah. fox in the box. He, he scores goals, you know. But, but I can't imagine him getting in behind many players. But yeah, let's 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 see what he's about. He's obviously mm. being included in the first team because we've got injuries. But he's been up the list high enough to go when this happens. In you go. So yeah, in he came. But yeah, Arvielia, well deserved goal. Mm. Again, he hasn't. He's been he's been sort of a super sub this season. He's come on. And he's changed games. He's grabbed games by the scruff of the neck. He gets us on the front foot. He's fucking 
drives forward. He's he's keen to just get us on on the attack. And again, a different Harvey Elliott. It wasn't a different Harvey Elliott. A different team turned up the second half. A different strategy, different system, a different belief. They all just clicked. Him and Connor Bradley on the same side was fucking outrageous. Hmm. Phenomenal. It was fucking superb to watch. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if you um, noticed as well, second half, sorry, just um, before Bradley got took off, he seemed, he seemed to switch him and Gomez around, which seemed, I think seemed to work better um, until until Bradley got took off, that is. But, I mean, it that was an interesting switch for me. I didn't think that, obviously, it was because the sub was, was going to be made soon after it, but um, it's interesting to see that, you know, that Bradley is capable of going both sides as well because I thought that worked better for the short time that it happened. I'll be honest, I didn't notice it. Didn't you? Fair enough. No, didn't notice it. No, um, I, I mean it must. It's obviously harder on. to notice these little things in. I suppose when you at the match and um, a sub's just about to be made. I suppose I'd say I it wasn't. It wasn't for very long, but as I say, I just I noticed it and just it seemed. I don't know something about it. Just seemed to. Be a bit more, slightly more fluid with with Gomez back on the right for for a little bit. Oh no, he's he's very he's versatile, like Conor Bradley. But I just love it when he when he steps into that midfield. He's he's doing everything like we we want to see Trent doing and Trent has been doing. But he's got he's got more of a drive on him when he gets going. He's like one of them little wind up dolls. He just he just goes and one choose and it's there's no thought in it needed. He just knows he's yeah. passing. Go and him and Harvey Elliott thought they linked up boss in the second half, but again, Harvey Elliott fucking brilliant. Yeah, he's, he's just he's got the goal he deserves, as you say, 100 games at, at 20 for for a team like us is just bizarre. <laughs> yeah, it's unheard of, like, isn't it? Like, you're talking, you you know, you st- it's only like your Steven Gerrard, your Robbie Fowler's, your Michael Owens, your. Jamie Carragher's, these are the type of players who who hit that mark at that age, and it's like that. It it's not a who not. I mean, he could get to, to some of their levels. We don't know, but I mean, to have that much trust from a manager like Klopp at that age to play that many games is is remarkable. I think I honestly do. I think he's going to be absolutely world class lad. I really do. I do. I think there's just something about him, the hunger in him, the determination, how humble he is for a kid at twenty. You know the lifestyle. He, I know it happens, but the lifestyle he's got, and he's still, still very much grounded. You know, he's not, he's not arrogant at all. No, he, he just he lives and breeds the club like us. And I think every time he's on the pitch, he sees it as like a fucking. He's won a competition. He's delighted <laughs> to be there, and he's on there on merit as well. He's not just there because he's fucking a Liverpool fan or whatever. He's there on merit. But in that second half, he sh- he showcased how good he. He can be, and the fucking the sky's the limit for him. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely, I agree. You just need to um, find the best position because there was times where he dips into the centre and he goes, he cut, he goes right through like a fucking knife through butter. Takes on two or three men, mm. works his way into the box, waiting for someone to overlap. You know, won't be seen it when he was playing in the centre and Salah was on the right. The link up, the work that they done, they, they complemented each other well. I think he can just he's versatile as well. That's the beauty of our team, lad, is that nearly all of them can can swap and change. Yeah. I think for me, I I think he thinks his best position is probably 
on the wing, like because that's obviously where he started his career. That's what he's sort of been been his whole career in a way. But I think for me, I think he works best in that in that right centre mid, like the sort of where Henderson used to play. I think, like you say, the link up he's got with with Salah and Trent when he's fit and, and things like that. I think he, I think that little trio works very very well when it does play so for me I think that is his best position because he can still get the ball he can still run forward cut inside a bit on his left and, and have a shot when he needs to and things like that I think I think that's ideal for him to be honest because I don't think he's got I don't think he's got the pace to be an out and out winger the way Salah is but I think he's got the he's definitely got the football and brain to be a centre mid yeah I say versatility he can probably do both in the same game. It, I think it depends against on which team as well. If you're playing Everton against Ashley Young, you'll have no fucking problem. You know what yeah. I mean? But it just depends who you're playing and what the opposition's like. There's certain games where you need you need to be fast. You need to be able to get him behind. That's not his game. He likes it into feet. And then it's a quick one-two and then he goes. Mm. But doesn't you're never really going to see us playing in a direct ball right through the middle. So Harvey Elliott. He doesn't get. He's not that type of player. He loves it at his feet, and he's got the ability to take a man on and swap direction and make something happen from nothing. So you've got to keep keep watching him, and as long as he's happy, you know it's it's hard keeping young lads who, given the world early, given the big contracts early, and keeping them happy, not playing football, because and that's what that's the beauty of us is that we seem to keep all the young lads happy. You don't have no like no fucking What's it called? I can't remember the word. <laughs> they don't have no like arrogance about them. Mm. They just they just turn up, they play, they take the chances, and they're just happy to be there. And I think that that's the good thing about us. Is, you know, they know they're gonna get chances eventually. They know they're gonna come on. They know when they do come on, whether it be for ten minutes or for an hour. That the scene by the fans, by the manager, by the other players as a massive part of the squad. And I think that's the good thing with Liverpool is that you've obviously got your favourite first eleven, but every single one of them who comes in and comes on is vital. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> you mentioned um you mentioned someone before and I want to talk about them a little bit just in depth. Obviously we could go on about Harvey Elliott, we can go on about Connor Bradley, Pelleher, I think players we've covered a lot uh, in previous episodes, but one in particular who's coming for a lot of I feel unnecessary hate. Um, from online fans in particular is Ryan Gravenberg, and I thought last night, um, <clears throat> I thought he was, I thought he was very good last night. Yeah, as I say, I don't think it's hate. I don't know. I haven't seen hate, but I've seen people not giving him a chance. But yesterday, I fell into the trap of seeing his name on the team sheet and thinking, "Fuck, here we go again." Because I've said to you, when it's going well, he's brilliant. Mm. When it's not going well and you need to dig in, you need to work hard and you need to make tackles and fucking fight, he's just not there. And yesterday he was, even in the first half, he was changing direction, getting away from them when they were pressing us hard. He was putting us on the front foot when it weren't going so well. He was giving us an opportunity to attack when they looked like the better team at times. So, And then the second half grew again, mm. went up another level. And was just part of everything. He was brilliant in the midfield. Thought the whole midfield. Endo took me a while to realise he was playing because <laughs> he's just done what he does. Yeah. He's just not not there unless he's actually needed. Um, 
Yeah, Graham Mayer yesterday, hats off to him, played well, stood out. He did stand out as well, actually. Mm. I thought he was our key midfielder. Um, and again, he just he wanted to be on the ball. He wasn't taking too long to release the ball like he does. It was quick passing, the right passes, not trying to be forced, not trying too hard. And he worked his arse off, which mm. he's not known for. So, yeah, credit to him, lad. He fucking made a massive difference in the midfield when it weren't uh, going so well. Mm. And you know, this is we we've said this from the start with him. It's yeah, he's he's a, he has got that demeanor sometimes of of a lazy player who doesn't want to put the graft in. But that that's been his game his whole career, and and no one no manager's ever gone to him like you need to change this part of your game. So that's just the way he's always played. And now he's come to a team where that you know he's required to do something different, and he's having to learn it. And you know it's hard to break from the habits of a lifetime when you're a footballer. So. You've got to just you've got to give him time, and I think hopefully that can be the sort of the real the game that he can really make a, a start pushing on properly. Now you know what I mean. I think at first when he first came in, he was having a couple of good performances here and there. He was he you know managed to get himself a couple of goals and things like that, and everyone was dead impressed. And then he was starting more games, and people were starting to go, "Hang on a minute, why have we bought him?" I seen someone last night in the first half. Um, Bayern Munich saw us coming when we were going in for Gravenberg. It's like he was our best. He was our best midfielder in the first half. Um, yeah, and the second. And well, yeah, and the second most likely. But it's just weird. People again, we online fans have always got to seem to have a scapegoat for some reason. Like it's always got to be someone's fault that we're not playing well. It can't be the whole team. It's got to be that one particular player's fault. And right now it's Gravenberg's. Um, it's just it's pathetic. That, that's the problem. Is that. It's, it's them people who can't go. Actually, he played well there, fair play. I done it with Gomez. I wanted Gomez gone. Yeah, saying he he, he's chasing his tail all the time. He's costing us goals. He's costing us possession. Wouldn't swap him for the fucking world at the minute. He's <laughs> one of the first names on the team sheet. He's absolutely out of this world. And what he does, that he can play centre-half, right-back, left-back, fucking throwing centre-mid if you want, right-wing, mm. left-wing, he can play anyway. He's a, and he, he's doing it. You know, we've had conversations about Gomez where... Is he is he as good centre half as he is right back? He's been phenomenal wherever he's played. So yeah, Gravenberg, like you've got to just give him the time. It is a different thing. I think his demeanour is exactly that. He looks lazy. He looks like in his body language, the way he moves and that that he, he can't be asked, but doesn't mean he isn't. Yeah, yeah. They'll do in the work. I, I can't I honestly can't think of a moment where like a player goes up past him and he hasn't sat back. Or where he's just let a player go and he hasn't done anything. Mm. So I think it's just an, like an agenda. Oh, he was lazy for Munich, or that's the system he played at Munich. That's what he's like for us. Sturridge was the same. People used to say Sturridge was lazy unless he had the ball, but he just looked like that. Yeah. He just, do you know what I mean? Yeah. He just yeah. looked like, he just looked very like laxy daisy in, his, in mm. his body unless he had the ball at his feet. But. He's still do, they're still doing the way. You're just not appreciating it because it doesn't look like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, um, no. I thought he was. I thought he was great last night, and as I say, hopefully that can be the the sort of the real catalyst for him to push on for the rest of the season. But um, obviously, again, I think another man to point out. Obviously, we, we spoke about him a little bit getting the two assists, but McAllister, I think he's just it. It, it took him a little while to get going, didn't it? But then since he's come back 40, from the injury, forty five minutes. No, I mean, in, I mean, just since he's been at Liverpool, oh. um, you know, it took him a little while to get going. We were saying he's not a number six; he's he's not this and that, and it's just 
and ever since he, he come back from that little injury he had, he's just been phenomenal. And I think like you look at some of the players that have that went this summer, you Declan Rice or hundred mil, Casado hundred mil, um, you know, does and you know, we go and get McAllister for thirty five million and he's I mean he's he's looked a million times better than Casado. Um and he, I think he's looked every bit as good as, as Rice has for Arsenal, to be honest. I think he's been magnificent. I think he's signed of the season. Big shout, yeah. Do you know what? He's, he's come in with high expectations. He's a World Cup winner. And then got played out of position. So, instantly, as a fan base, loads of people go, oh, it's fucking not working. Stay away. Because they're expecting the world because he's won a World Cup. And it took him, it took him a bit of time. Say, so with Enzo in there, I prefer them higher up the pitch. I think eventually it's going to be Enzo, McAllister, Zobersley. Hmm. Um, it's it's difficult because you might have to rotate Enzo with McAllister, which I don't think McAllister will like, but he's a professional. He said to himself, he'll play anywhere on the park for us as long as he's fucking playing. Um, and then you throw Curtis Jones back in because you can't discount him because he's hmm. been consistent, if anything. He hasn't been magnificent. He's just being consistent. He hasn't dropped off in levels. He's mm. been the same. He's been doing the same thing for like 10, 15 games now. Mm. He's a seven, he's sort uh, of a seven out of ten every game, isn't he? Like, yeah, he's not turned up. Not gonna. Yeah, sorry, go on. He doesn't do nothing out of the ordinary. Like, but he's solid every game. Mm. He doesn't. You're not. There's no concern of him being there. It's it, it's good problem to have when they're all fit. Is that you, you're gonna to, you're gonna have to rotate the midfield a bit. But to say, I think my starting eleven will probably be Enzo. To be honest, I'll be honest. At the moment, given form, it'll be Enzo McAllister and Jones because I think Sobis has been shite for weeks. Yeah. So give him his rest. Let him work his way back in. Twenty minutes here and there until he does something special and merits a start and performance. Uh, but yeah, McAllister a little bit higher up. The goal he scored the other week, you know, the goal he scored against Fulham, the the assist he's been getting, the the creativity from him, where he just opens up a whole fucking defence with one pass from his own half. You know, he can play both. I just don't think he's he, he's great as the six when we're on the front foot. I think, whereas I think Endo is better in the six when we're on the back foot. If you know what I mean. So I think McAllister on the ball, Enzo's very much play to the next player, play it simple, like what you need a number six to do, whereas McAllister's left, right, 40-yard ball through the middle, let's get this going. So the difference, they're for different games, it's a six for a different game, but yeah, McAllister higher up, the likes of that yesterday, instinct, ball bounces, it's as hard as you can across the box, see what happens, that's, mm. that, that's what you need the player to be doing when he's yeah. doing it. Definitely. Um, so let's just we'll we'll go back a little bit, just briefly talk about the uh, the Brentford game as well, um, which was one of the few games this season that we've had where we were we I think we were brilliant from minute one to to the ninetieth. I, th- I think we were brilliant all game. Um, you know the goals we scored, the goals we scored that day were just like were just brilliant. Every single one of them, like that first one, Jota the header. Was out of this world. I was, I was even at the, I was even seeing that pass on. Like it's just watching the ball come over as far as it has done, and just to see that pass on, lad, is just out of this world. And then the finish 
from Nunez. I said this when he scored it. If he'd have just tried to play it, if he'd have just tried to pass it into the net around the keeper, he would have missed. He had to do it like that to score. <laughs> That's the only way he was going to score. Like a simple finish wouldn't have worked for him. Nunez, but yeah, it, the goal is all down to Diogo Jota. The, the, the ball over the top to him to be to be running the opposite way against the defender and win that ball in the first place, regardless of where the ball lands. Credit to him to place your pass with your head into the path of a, a striker who's unmarked. Like just it just was elegance and quality, at, and he's meant it. Yeah, he's. Pushing it into the path of Darwin Nunes, who I was shouting at the telly, you can't fucking miss, you can't fucking miss, you can't fucking miss. <laughs> and he didn't fucking miss. And I, I swear down, lad, I, I thought he missed. When when it hit the net, it looked like it hit the outside sanction, sanction thing. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, like he can't have missed. And then seeing him running away. But fuck <laughs> me, what a finish. Why he's even tried it, I don't know. Like I said, lad, he he knows himself now. Like if I'd say if he just had to side foot it around the keeper, he would have hit the post somehow, or it would have went wide, or it would have hit the corner flag, or it would have ended up being an own goal. He would have just messed it up somehow. <laughs> um, the fact that he, he's it's just it's crazy. No one in the right mind does well, that shot there. It's because it's not even like. The keeper's not far enough out, and he's not far enough away from him. He hasn't gone down or anything. That's logical. <laughs> he's he's literally about two yards away from the keeper when he's done it. It's fucking yeah. bizarre. Well, I've seen him. I'm thinking, just whack it past the keeper. Just whack it past the keeper, and he's dinked him. And you just <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> but again, that's how I knew. There's like Klopp's reaction. Klopp's grabbing his teeth. No one uh, knows what he's doing. He's absolutely mental. But I said it on the last one. We're a better team when he plays. Um, and I think first half, especially last night, you've seen that, that we were we were missing just his madness, really. Um, but it's his work rate. It's the fact that he's he wants to be on the end of every pass. It's the fact that he can get on the end of every pass, even if it's over it. Um, we were missing a lot of that first half. I think if we had him first half, it would have, Luton would have been a lot more open because of it. But um, hopefully... We'll have him back for Sunday, which we'll come on to shortly. Um, and then, yeah, as I say, second half again against Bre- uh, against Brentford. Even though we were very good first half, I think I feel like we just sort of stepped it up a little bit second half and and killed the game off. Like that pass from Salah for the second goal. Um, again, by the way, Gravenberg was very instrumental in that second goal against Brentford. Um, held the ball up nicely, passed it into Salah, who. You know, people say he's not a playmaker and things like that, and he he can't pass a ball. And then the vision he's seen for that pass, like he had a little gap to get it through to McAllister, who's who's took it lovely and and just you know little little toe poking. The speed of the ball as well. He's he's hit it with that direct fizz that once if you do the right first touch, it it sets itself up for you. And he he touched it, and it sort of like bounced off him nicely in front of him. As you'd want it to, round the defender with a first touch and then into the fucking net, lad. Great play by McAllister, but yeah, it's down to Gravenberg and Salah. Mm. Uh, the pass was brilliant, and you know, if Salah comes, Salah's probably one of the only players that look at Haaland, he's been shit since he's come back, he's been terrible. 
it, it takes not because he's terrible because it's rushed it takes yeah. time to get back to your match fitness when you've been out and you know Salah just comes back in like he's never been away he just doesn't take any fucking re-energising he's just, Mad, he? just back and he's just most Salah again he's fucking mm. he's one of them players I just don't feel gets nowhere near enough credit from even from we love him we adore him but I don't think we 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 should be singing from the rooftops how fucking good Mo Salah is. We should be. He should be like, he should have the, like the Torres song. She had it fucking absolutely bouncing for him because that's how good he is. But he's not that good. He's better. Yeah. I don't, to be honest, he's better. But yeah, that, that chant was me. I, think. <laughs> um, I mean, speaking of the man, you know, the third goal against Brentford, um, don't know what their defence was doing. They had a, a shocker defensively. Um, but that third goal, like, the ball's just bounced. Ben Mees watched Salah run past him and just go, all right, yeah, see you later. Have fun. <laughs> just let him, just let it happen. He hasn't even started to track, track him or nothing. It, it was bizarre, but again... What a finish, though. Fantastic finish. Great strength from Salah, underrated part of his game. I feel people don't realise, you know, he's, he's, only, he's only a small fella, but... He's got that. He's got that low center of gravity. Um, it makes it nearly impossible to knock him off the ball if he does. If he doesn't want to lose the ball, he's not losing the ball. You know what I mean? And yet the finish itself was just was just typical Mo Salah. Really, I think just what you oh, what you come to expect. I think it's been overlooked a little bit that goal because you kind of just expect it of him, don't you? Yeah. Do you know what? It's like it's it's just yeah. <laughs> he's just quality. It's a it's a fucking striker's goal. It's a. The strikers finish, aim for the fucking as close to the post as possible mm. into the side of the net. Um, and again, we see him as a winger, but he's everything. Yeah, he's he absolutely everything on a football pitch. He, he he does the lot, and he will go down as one of the best ever players to play for Liverpool. And rightly so, his, his stats, his numbers, what he what he gives this team, what he's given to this team already, and what he'll continue to. You know, there's I hate this fucking old. Oh, he's 31, now he's 32. Let's cash in on him. Fuck off, no. Fuck, it's not your job. <laughs> don't cash in on him. Keep him Keep until him he forever. can. Oh, no, just until, you know, there comes a time in a player's career, it happened with Gerard, where your body's not Henderson, you know, Milner, it's not quite there to play that level anymore, so you make the decision to move on. You know, you, you need to go to a shitter league or a slower league and look great. Because it's slower and shitter and you're more capable of playing that. But he's nowhere near that level yet. No. Nowhere near it. He's got two or three years in, in him. And pe- people go on about Ronaldo. Oh, well, he's, he's fucking up 40-odd, whatever. Look at his physique. Mo Salah's got a better physique. And and keeps himself. And I give... Take me hat off to, to Ronaldo. I think for his age, his physique, his, his desire to be the best, everything about him. How committed he is is fucking phenomenal. And Mo Salah's the same. James mm-hmm. Milner's the same. These old players who do live the lifestyle, they live football, everything they eat, they drink, they fucking they're watching it. They don't bevy, they don't smoke, they don't eat shit. They they just completely committed to being the best he can be. And Mo Salah's right up there with that. He, he could play at our level till 34, 35. Easy. Yeah. And the rest, I think he could go beyond that. Lad. I think you, you mentioned Ronaldo there and, you know, even Milner. Players, it's not like even 20 years ago where 
players are getting to 31, 32, and it's like, right, got to start winding the career down now. It's like, it's not like that anymore. The so, the, the more, these are athletes more now than they ever have been. So, you, you can look at players who are going to, look at Thiago Silva, lad, he's 40, still playing in the Prem. He, he, he's obviously lost the yard of pace in that, but defensively, he's still probably Chelsea's best defender. And he's yeah, 40, he's you know what I mean? So, it's, it's that, not a factor thing. anymore, I don't think. You lose pace. Mm. You don't lose talent. There's, there's fucking players playing charity games doing things that they used to be able to do. I've seen John Aldridge a few, well, not a few years ago, but like a fucking good couple of years ago, probably 10, 15 years ago. <laughs> but lad, in front of goal, he was just banging them in. Mm. You know what I mean? If you, even Peter Reid of Everton, when he played, he was fucking spot on. Mm. But you don't lose your talent. You don't lose your ability. You lose that that speed. Mm. You might lose a, you might be a little yard or or a second behind where your decision making is not quite as fast as well. But Mo Salah doing what he done for McAllister today, he's not going to lose that. No, not going to be able. He's not going to lose the ability to play a pass in or take a man on. He's he still have all that. He's, yeah, he doesn't take a man on with pace. He takes it on with sheer talent and quality. Mm. Like like Zidane did. Zidane never had pace, but he used to skin every fucker. Because he was complete talent in his legs and with his body, mm. manipulate you to think he's going one way and going another. That's what Mo Salah does. Yeah, you don't absolutely. need pace or age on your side to do that. So keep Mo Salah for as long as we can. And when it's that time, when his body's slowing down and he he can't fucking do what he he's done for us, then he'll he'll make that decision. But yeah, fucking keep him. Yeah. Not ask for any money we get for him. We get under under mil for him now. Or not in three years, take the knot and have the yeah. best player in the world playing for your team. Yeah, yeah, spot on. Um, <clears throat> Brentford obviously managed to, to get a goal back um, against the run of play, but I think it was just one of them. Kelleher, the save that he made before the goal was was phenomenal. Um, probably didn't know. I don't think he had the right to save that one, to be honest. I think that was the better. That was just... Nine times out of ten, that's going in. You know what I mean? It was just a great yeah. save. Um, his position and where he, where the shot was, where he was, meant he couldn't sort of push it out wide and anything like that. And then it's been a tap in for Tony. It happens. No, I've got no problems with that goal at all, really. To be honest, um, Callahan made another world class save not long after it as well, didn't he? Um, yeah. and I think he's he's, I think he's recovered from. I, th- I said it last time. He had a little bit of a bit of a blip. Let's say just earlier in the season in the Europa League I think he was um, I think he made one or two uncharacteristic mistakes um, but since then he's he's been spot on he's been absolutely spot on for us I don't think he's been I think for me I think the one for me was the full game um, when when they've scored three at Anfield I, I thought he was poor in that game but I think other than that it's Again, there's been like one or two where he maybe shouldn't have been beat like as near post or anything like that. But since then, lad, he's been yeah, he's been great. Yeah, even yesterday, like the the system was to give the ball to him and play down the back and let him play long balls up for mm. the first half an hour. The the confidence in him to do that, to have players marching at yeah, when as you say, uncharacteristically, he has been making the odd mistake in that. Um, to just put your your faith in him to to be the last man with the ball for, for so long in periods of game there. Um, it just shows you the belief we've got in him. And I say rightly so. People argue that he's not good enough and all that. 
Allison makes mistakes. No one bats an eyelid because it's Allison. Goalkeepers mm. make mistakes. Um, you know, with, with a keeper, if they do something slightly wrong and it leads to a goal, the fuck because they're the last man. Yeah. Whereas other other positions get away with it, don't they? But yeah, got no no issue with them at all. Um, he deserves his place in the final on Sunday. At the minute, he's doing well. He's making saves. I made a comment today where it says he does the saves, which is like shot on up like <laughs> so like Vince Vaughn. <laughs> he does the same. But uh, yeah, he makes the saves. He's he's involved in with his feet. He he looks comfortable. He, he's got a good pass on him. He could have set had two assists yesterday. Hmm. Um so yeah, you just gotta just gotta get behind the lads. Okay, he's he's still young, young enough to he's gonna improve and get better. And I think Time's on his side where the age difference between him and Allison is a case of at some point he will be Liverpool's number one. Mm. And he's just waiting for that moment. Yeah, definitely. Um <clears throat> and then fourth goal again against Brentford, defensive errors from their point of view. Um I think they just ran out of legs at that point. But you know, Gakpo done exactly what you'd expect of him in that position. He's he's when he's you know, when he's in front of the goal, he's he's quite clinical. I think he's he's Probably second to Jota in terms of sort of is how clinical he is. Um, he doesn't need many chances to to actually get on the score sheet. So he's all he's he's great option to have, even if he's probably not playing as regularly as he'd like. And I think, but you look at it like he can't. He's probably come off the bench more than he started this season. He's in double. He's into double figures for goals. So he's still making an impact, even if it's not as often as he'd like. Yeah, again, he's learning a new role. He's been asked, hasn't he? Where's your preferred position? And it's on the left. He likes to play on the left where he played for the uh, final. PSV. It was a PSV, yeah. I don't fucking know. Um, but yeah, he'd like to play on the left. So coming in and having to learn the Firmino role and replacing Firmino and doing doing that. He is doing it. He's holding the ball up well. He's getting us on the on the front foot, but he's at, he's chipping in with the goals. I think. He's the fifth fifth player to get into double figures for us this season. Mm. So, you know, I, I can't remember the last time that's happened. No. Where we've got five players in double figures in, in terms of goals. It's usually just to, to come from two or three, isn't it? Yeah. No, it, it's 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 just one of them seasons, lad. Everyone's everyone's chipping in massively and even the bit part players who aren't playing as much as these like are, are still massive part of the squad. And you you know, you touched on it before when these lads are getting brought in and not playing as often, but when you do play, they made to you know the crowd make them feel like they're that they're a massive part of the team, and, and that's what we've got to keep doing. You know, we're the first team in Europe to score hundred goals this season, um, <clears throat> which normally it's Man City, I think, to be fair. So I think it just goes to show we've we've been just been on our game for the majority of the, of the season. I mean. Um, we're doing well. No, we haven't done. <laughs> this is what mad. We're still not out of second gear, and this it just it's it's mad. But you know, we're watching every Man City game now with our with our and our mouth. The Chelsea game celebrate that. I fucking celebrated that like when Chelsea took points off them when we won the league. Mm. I thought Chelsea could have won the game. We missed chance after chance in that first half. Could have been three four 0 in the first half. They're very open, Man City. They don't look great defensively. And I you think always are. Someone's gonna get them. Someone's gonna get them. But it's the same conversation. Someone might get us as well because yeah. the pair of us aren't at our best at the minute. We're, we're letting teams have a go at us. We're 
conceding chances on goal. Hmm. of us. So but you know what? Really... I've I've always said with City that the the under Pep they've always been dead open, lad. And the thing is, they don't like teams running at them. But the thing is, nobody's willing to have a go at them. Like we, you know, we joke about it on Twitter all the time. How teams just fucking turn up to City and bend over and just let it happen. But the teams who go there and and run at them and actually put them under a bit of pressure, you know, do you get a result that why they never go a season without losing at home? You know what I mean? They always lose one or two at home, kind of thing. And more teams just need to actually have a go at them. Yeah, and it's not going to work for every team, obviously, because they've got fantastic players at every part of the pitch. But it it happens. Look at you know Brentford done the double over them last season. Your Palace went there a few seasons ago when Andros Townsend scored that fucking worldy. Um, <laughs> like teams can go there and win, lad. And but that's been that they are always open against Pep, lad. And as I say, it, not against Pep, sorry, with Pep. Um. And I say, if you run at them, they don't like it. They don't know what to do when teams actually attack them because no one really does attack them. Exactly. Everyone just shits themselves and gives them too much respect. Whereas they come to us and it's like we're the cup final. Mm. You can't you can't go to Liverpool and think, oh, we can expose these here and not do the same at City because they're very fucking alike. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think defensively we're better. Yeah, we are. So, this season especially. You know, I think I think teams are getting onto it. Go mm. at them. Fucking yeah. scare them. Yeah, it's bad. Cheating corrupt bastards. Let's fucking punch off them. Come yeah. on. No, but well, yeah, um, I think um, I thought Chelsea looked very good against Man City, which was a bit of concern. But then they jaded out completely and just let them take full control of the whole second half without really doing anything. Yeah. So they're like they're like us as well. I think I don't know whether it's just a theme this season where teams are just not performing for forty five minutes and then they can pick up, they can Chelsea can turn up and score six, or they can concede four. Yeah. What I mean, it's crazy. <clears throat> yeah. Um, well, you mentioned cheating corrupt bastards. Let's move on to the original cheating corrupt bastards and, and Sunday. Um, obviously, Wembley Cup final. Um, it's like you said, Chelsea, yeah, they're, they're playing better. It's uh, ironically, since we battered them 4 1, um, that they've seemed to have turned the corner a little bit. I think they've, I think they've, before City, I think they'd won three away games on the spin since losing to us. So they didn't go form. Look, we know it's going to be a hard game. It's all, it always is, no matter where Chelsea are in the league. It's a it's a difficult game. You know that's why there was I think it was eight draws on in a row with us, wasn't he? You know what I mean? Before yeah. we beat them four one. So we we obviously we can't take them lightly. I think it was now that the games won yesterday. I think it was smart from from Klopp to rest some of the plays he wants to play for Sunday with the amount of injuries that we, we've picked up lately. You know, rest Kanate, rest Robertson for the most part. Um, I'm hoping that Salad and Nunes was more precautionary and that, it, you know, they wouldn't if they would have played last night, they wouldn't have been able to play Sunday. I'm hoping that's the case. Um, yeah, it's it's just, it's a great occasion, isn't it? Like, any, like, I think you said it last time, the League Cup's one of them where if you're in the final... It's a boss day and you can't wait for it and it's a big cup. But if you're not in the final, it's it's the Mickey Mouse Cup and you're not bothered. Um It is it's it's your momentum builder for your your season, lad. If you win that cup, you know, and no disrespect to Chelsea, but not really for them because they're doing nothing in yeah. the league. Whereas for us we're in, on a title charge. If we win that, it's like, look, we can do it. Let's let's go and get the rest. And it's a you feed off positivity. You win that and you you fucking you go on and you try and do bigger and better things. 
And um, yeah, it's it's going to be a tough game, lad. It's going to be hard. We, I, I am hoping we have rest of players. Um, we might get a, a shock of one or two of them back in, but it's going to be difficult. But I think in our favour at the minute, your defence and your midfield are, are sort of pick themselves, don't they? Yeah, I think that you've got your, you've got a, a strong, solid defence and a decent midfield. You know, we're missing a few midfielders, but the midfield we played yesterday is more than capable of, of doing Chelsea. Um, they just got to work hard. The the issue we've got is up front. But we need to be more clinical from earlier on. But again, we're scoring four goals. We scored four goals last night. We scored four goals the week before. We put four past Chelsea already. So four's the theme. Yeah. In 45 minutes. <laughs> so, um, if we turn up, could be eight. <laughs> no, I'm not saying anything. No, but don't, please. It's going to be difficult. I'm not even, I'm not putting a prediction on how the game's going to go. I'm not going to say what I usually say where if Liverpool turn up, they win. It's going to be a hard fucking battle. They're going to want to give absolutely everything. And Pochettino is going to prove, try and prove to their fans that he's worthy of being there. Try and give them some silverware. We want to give the big hurrah for Klopp and you know, the fans at Wembley. Some of them won't be able to get to the FA Cup or Europa League or the last game of the season if mm. we, we do well. So for some fans, it's the big hurrah for their Tarata Klopp as well in a cup final. So let's see what, how, how we turn up and what we can do. But that, that Liverpool team that played last night is more than capable of beating Chelsea. Mm. We could just do a bit more firepower on the bench. I'd, I'd even go as far as saying play the exact same team as yesterday, but with Salah and Nunes on your bench. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that, that's a different kettle of fish altogether. Then. Yeah, it's a different dynamic straight away, isn't it? I <clears> think, <throat> obviously, I think Kanate will probably start. I don't think Kwanzaa um, will start, even yeah. though he didn't put a foot uh-huh. wrong last night. Um, thought he was as good as he has been all season. He's been great whenever he's played, in fairness to him. Um, I'm at a point with them too where it doesn't bother me who plays. Yeah. Very- if it, I think, yeah, it's Van Dyke and it's one of them, and I don't think it matters which one. Mm. They're, they're pretty similar. I think Quantz is just Canate, he's his, his own player, and Quantz is very much modelled on Van Dyke. Yeah. Which is not a bad thing whatsoever. <laughs> no. So, uh, yeah, Jay's having a bit of issues with his camera, but he is still there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough game. Um, one we will all look forward to, like you say, trip down to Wembley is always something to to save us. So, um, yeah, just hope we come home with the trophy and you know first of of hopefully many this season. Um, I, I can't wait. <laughs> Jay's just yeah, Jay's gone. I think Jay's just Ed's fell off a bit with his camera issues. So I'm gonna end it there and just. Fucking, yeah, look forward to Sunday. Um, and then we've got Southampton midweek next week in the FA Cup. So, a couple of games to look forward to next week. Um, and until next time, up the Reds. Win the cup for me. Sports Social Podcast Network.